You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and joining me today on the other end of the line is my longtime co-host, Curtis. And guys... We have hit another milestone on our march towards the 2022 college football season. I know a lot of you guys out there like to count down the days until our first game. You cannot scroll through social media these days without seeing at least four or five posts every time you start scrolling, counting down the days, reminding you exactly how many days there are until we kick things off against Oregon and Atlanta. And if you enjoy that, that's awesome. I'm not here to tell you to not enjoy that. But for me, I've never really been a countdown guy. For me, it makes it seem further away when you have to look at it every single day. Okay, now it's 79, now it's 78, now it's 77. For me, that just slows things down. And I desperately wanted to get here and that just slows it down. So I have always been more of a milestone guy. There are certain markers or milestones that happen every single year, every single summer that I kind of use as my own little countdown to the new college football season. And one of those milestones is the release of all of the different preseason college football magazines. And if you haven't noticed, they are now on newsstands. Not all of them. I think Phil Steele is still trying to get his out there. But Athlon, Lindy's, all those traditional magazines, they are now out on newsstands. They have been for a couple of weeks. Now, if you follow college football as closely as we do all year long, as you guys do, I mean, let's be real. Those magazines don't really give you anything that you don't already know. It's really more for the casual fans who only start paying attention in the summer. But look, I still love them. I still love them. I still buy them. Because to me, that means that we are one step closer to the football season. And maybe it's a thing from my childhood because I didn't love them when I was a kid. So maybe it's just a tradition I keep going. But at the very least, it means we're one step closer to football season. And that, my friends, is a beautiful thing. So today on the podcast, we are bringing back Buy or Sell as we take a deep dive into the predictions and the rankings inside some of these preseason magazines. Now, we've done this every year, and we always have a lot of fun with it, and this year is going to be no different. But before we get into all those predictions, all of those rankings, I do want to quickly remind you guys about the new National College Football Podcast that I launched earlier this week. 
In case you missed it, I know not everyone has maybe listened to that episode yet. Charlie and I, we introduced that podcast earlier this week on our first episode of the week. But in case you missed it, and this is the first time you're hearing of it, as part of our new contract with our distribution partners, yes, that was the other part of the, of the news, that was the other announcement, we have signed a new contract, Glory UGA is going nowhere, we are here to stay, but as part of that new contract, I was also given the opportunity to launch this new national podcast, and I'm really excited about it, it's called Never Graduate, a college sports podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and just type it in there. Type in Never Graduate. I think if you just type in Never Graduate, it should pop up. It's like a Navy background. It's got a football, basketball, says Never Graduate. And maybe you will have to type in a college sports podcast with it. But I think if you just type in Never Graduate, it should pop up for you guys. So look that up. It is designed with all of you diehard fans in mind. That's who I made this for. That's who I'm making this for. My goal with this show, this new national podcast, is to apply the same type of hardcore, in-depth coverage that we bring you on this podcast to college football as a whole. No, Glory UGA is not going anywhere. It's here to stay. We love you guys, and there's nothing, and I mean nothing, that I love doing more than talking Georgia sports. But at the same time, I also love college sports in general, and this is just an addition to the content that you guys have gotten from us for the last eight years now. But I need your help. I do need your help with this, getting this off the ground. This is a grassroots podcast that has no big media company like ESPN behind it. So for this thing to work, I need your support. I really do, guys. You you are the absolute best, and you have rapidly supported us, supported this show through the years, and I am so thankful for that. Seriously, thank you, guys. But if you're looking for some good, hardcore college football talk like you get here for Georgia sports to kind of get you ready and carry you through this next college football season, I would really appreciate it if you would give Never Graduate a shot and add it to your podcast rotation. I'm putting the same level of work into it that I have always put into this podcast, and I am really trying to make it worth your while. And if you really do want to help, like if you really want to help us out, and I would appreciate it if you do, it would be awesome if you would, number one, listen to the show and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, so it goes directly into your feed, you get all the new episodes, do that, but also, more than just that, follow us, follow the Never Graduate accounts on social media, on Twitter, it's at NoGradPod, N-O-G-R-A-D, pod, and on Instagram, it's just simply Never Graduate Podcast. That is a huge help in helping us grow this podcast. And, and on top of that, interact with us. Interact with us on there, guys. We want to hear from you. We really do. Like, retweet, comment on, on what we're saying on social media. Spread the word to family, friends, coworkers, anyone willing to listen. And if you really, really like what you hear and you are feeling extra generous, it would be amazing, amazing if you would give Never Graduate a five-star rating and review, all of those things are massive helps in getting this thing off the ground. So seriously, guys, any and all help to get this thing off the ground is so greatly appreciated. And I really think if you give it a shot, I think you're going to like it. If you like this podcast, I have a feeling you're going to like Never Graduate because it's the same thing, just talking about more teams. But all right, Curtis, let's play some buy or sell here today on the show. And this year, I have to admit, it's kind of weird, man. You know, most years, I think we've done this same episode 
every single year that we've done this podcast? I think so, at least most years. And most years we've done this, we get to come on here and play the victim. It's kind of fun, right? You play the aggrieved party. You rip these publications for disrespecting the dogs. But this year, however, as you might imagine, things have been turned upside down by our national championship, the first title in 41 years. So we kind of, we've kind of gotten the Bama treatment, Curtis, this year with these magazines. I mean, really, they're like overflowing with respect for our program to the point that, to be entirely honest, man, I know I'm a Georgia guy. I'm not supposed to say this, but I think they've kind of gone a little overboard, to be entirely honest. But let's at least start with the old disrespect card. Let's go there, and then we'll move on a little bit here. Number one, Curtis, this is a very familiar theme for us. We've talked about this, I feel like, every week in the offseason. I know it hasn't been every week, but it kind of feels like it's been every week. But number one, buy or sell. Athlon has Stetson Bennett as the sixth best quarterback in the SEC. Are you buying or selling? There's five other quarterbacks in the SEC better than Stetson Bennett. I'm going to sell that. Um, I think realistically. Whoa, 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 whoa. Part, yeah. You're yeah, selling you got, I am selling it. I Did think I hear biggest, that right? You, I am. And I think the biggest thing is, realistically, I, I see him in the three to five range. I think six is a little extreme. I mean, that, that is, let's be real. I mean, that's just disrespectful. And, like, that's nothing new for Stetson. We, we know that's just the hand he's been dealt. Like, that's just what it is always going to be for him. If he won three national titles in a row for us, it still probably wouldn't matter. He'd still come in each each season as the sixth best quarterback in the SEC. That's just kind of what it's going to be because he was a walk-on and he's five foot eleven maybe and he doesn't have the physical tools. We know the story. We know that. But I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. All right, let me ask you this, Curtis. Who in the SEC at the quarterback position would you hands down put ahead of Stetson Bennett right now going into this coming season? You have to go Bryce Young and uh, Hendon Hooker to start with. I think those are the two definites. Honestly, after that, Curtis, I think you make an argument for Stetson Bennett as the third best quarterback in the league. I think you at least make the argument. I think you can too, because I think a lot of people keep going off of, especially like when it comes to Spencer Rattler, like what he has done. A lot of it is like the hype around him as much as not like what he's actually done. 100%. I mean, Spencer Rattler had moments as a true freshman during the COVID year, but then he was, he went a disaster last season, but he wasn't good. And he got beat out. And I know Caleb Williams is really talented. He got beat out there. Spencer Rattler is still a good quarterback, but is he a, a five-star type guy? Like he was hyped up to be coming out of high school. I, I think it's pretty clear at this point. The answer is no there, but uh, honestly, if you look at Spencer Rattler and Stetson Bennett Curtis, I see a lot of similarities. Don't you? I mean, like from a stature standpoint, from a skill set standpoint, like really what is there that's that much different between those two? No, I think that's a very good, um, comparison between those two i mean they're very similar except one was the walk-on and one was the five star that was expected to take the reins when uh jalen hurts and kyler murray after them at oklahoma yeah i i really think so i mean did you see any of the the videos and any of the the pictures coming out of the manning passing academy this past weekend i did not i missed that so there was a picture, I think, I don't know if it was all the quarterbacks that were there, but if you guys aren't familiar with the Manning Passing Academy, they do, they do this every year. The Mannings put this academy on. They invite college quarterbacks from around the country to come help teach, but they also kind of do some competitions and do some drill work, stuff like that. And Stetson Bennett was invited this year. And there was a group picture towards the end of the camp, and it made it the rounds on social media. And Spencer Rattler and Stetson Bennett were not standing right next to each other. They were like two or three guys apart. But they were essentially the same height, Curtis. Like, essentially the same height. 
So I know that's a big knock on Stetson. He's small. Blah, blah. So is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler's mobile enough. He's no more mobile than Stetson Bennett. I think they're very similar in the mobility. Spencer Rattler has a solid arm, but he's not a rocket. It's not a cannon. And I think you can say the same thing about Stetson. I think Stetson has an underrated arm, but it's not a cannon. I think their skill sets are very similar, and Stetson's been more of a winner, flat out. I would take Stetson right now with production and everything involved and the winning aspect. I would take Stetson over Spencer Rattler. Um, Will Levis. Now, he's the one, Curtis, who's getting a lot of love as a potential first-round draft pick next year. I do not see it whatsoever, but would you take Will Levis over Stetson? Um, I think that one's the one you could go either way. I think you could. I could see an argument for him, but I haven't exactly seen the stats and the on-field production to sit here and say that, that he should be. I mean, Will Levis was pretty good last year. 66% completion percentage, 2,800 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, solid, 13 picks, Curtis. 13 picks. I, I mean, again, I'm going, and I know Stetson has more talent around him. I get that. I get that. But I'm going pro- productivity-wise here. Stetson was a more productive quarterback than Will Levis. He averaged more yards per attempt. Completion percentage was very similar. Threw for more touchdowns. He did play more games, yes. Threw for half the number of interceptions in more games. So, I mean, I obviously Will Levis has the physical upside that the NFL is looking for, which Stetson does not have. I'm not going to argue that point. But if we're going from production based off last year, that's what this is, is based off last year, I, I would make a very strong argument for Stetson over, over Will Levis. And you got Will Rogers, who I know throws for 5 million yards in Mississippi State's offense. But, Curtis, if you insert Stetson in that air raid offense of Mike Leach, don't you think he would put up similar numbers? Oh, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Maybe higher picks, potentially. But, I, th- I mean, I, sure. I think no matter who's in that offense, is going to have big yards. That's just been the case everywhere Mike Leach has gone. And I think Will Rogers is a really good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But I think Stetson's also a really good quarterback, a good college quarterback. Now, here's the last one off the wretch, Curtis. So we could go through the entire list. We're not going to do that. We have other things to get to. But I know – there's no Florida fans listening to this episode. But if there were, they'd all be screaming bloody murder right now, shouting in their cars, in their homes, wherever they are, that Anthony Richardson is better than Stetson Bennett. What would you say about that? I would just laugh in their faces because it's the same one that coming into last year. I think Emory Jones was Emory Jones was considered the second best quarterback in the SEC. Yes, it's seduced by upside. That's what I mean. Does Anthony Richardson have a better upside than Stetson Bennett? I mean Probably, yeah, right? I mean, he does, physically, sure. But production-wise, it's just not its not even close. It's night and day. He couldn't even really play over Emory Jones last year. I know he was young. I get that. But what we've seen so far from both of those guys on the field of play, that's all we can judge them on right now, what they've done. Stetson, head and shoulders above better. Richardson does have the higher upside. Maybe he'll get to that point, but also maybe not. We don't know. Potential is exactly that. It's potential. You don't know. So, Look, I'm not saying Stetson is 100% the third-best quarterback in the league, but he's certainly better than sixth, and I think you can make a strong argument that he's somewhere between three and five. I think you some definitely make that argument. So I'm with you there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell that as him being the sixth-best quarterback in the SEC. Now get out of here with that. All right, next one, Curtis. We've got a couple here about the offensive line. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but <laughs> Athlon had the Georgia offensive line as the number one offensive line in the SEC and the number two offensive line in all of America. I don't know if I ever felt like our offensive line was that good last year. I think we were good. I don't know if, we, if I ever felt we were one of the best in the country. So, Curtis, coming into 2022, are you going to buy or sell George as the number one offense in the S- offensive line in the SEC and the number two offensive line in all of America? Um, I'm going to buy it. 
I'm going to buy it. And I think the biggest reason is that I just, I think you, the returning starters coupled with the people that you expect to come in and take over right now in the SEC, I don't know who I have going over that. And then second of all, in the country, I, I think the country may be the one I'd probably disagree with because I think that's where you see the most, um, because you always have to put Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, all those schools that somehow, you know, they're built on running. And so their offenses, especially offensive line, are always really good. But I think the SEC part I can get behind. Yeah. It's tough to say. I mean, offensive line, it's so hard to measure because you do have a lot of new pieces in there. And it, it, the cohesiveness, gelling, that all that matters too. I would, I'm with you. I think I'll buy number one in the SEC for sure. Number two in America, potentially. And why not? Let's just say yes. If I'm going to buy it number one in the SEC, sure. Let's say top two, top three in America. I'll go with that as well. And I, I kind of agree with you. I think we do have a combination of returning starters and highly talented youngsters that kind of been waiting in the wings, waiting for their turn. And now is the time for them. Guys like Broderick Jones, maybe even Amarius Mims. We'll see there. Tate Rattledge, yeah, as you say, Tate Rattledge is the biggest one. I mean, right, going into last year, he was being, you know, heralded as our best offensive lineman, and he got hurt. So if you get someone like that back, who already was, you know, we had our problems last year, but he was considered the best of what we had. Yeah, the, he was, and the worst, the word around town here in Athens is that he has been cleared pretty much full go for this summer, and we'll see what happens at fall camp. But right now, he's he's doing everything, working out with the team, whole nine yards, just great. Which he was not, he was doing some things in the spring, but he certainly was not full speed whatsoever. Just wasn't. You know, they're doing a couple things, but not where he is now. So it looks like he's coming back really well from that injury. Hopefully he'll factor in. And like you said, he was, I mean, I was told multiple times by different people that he was the best offensive lineman on the team last fall and unfortunately got hurt in week one. So you throw him in there, you throw Broderick Jones, potentially Marius Mims is going to factor in. And then you've got Cedric Van Pran coming back in year two as a starter at center. You've got Warren McClendon, who's essentially a, a third year starter now at right tackle. And you've got, I mean, we got a lot of depth too, Curtis. Guys like Austin Blasky or Warren Erickson, who we're going to get to in a minute. Love him or hate him. He's <laughs> at least very experienced. He's at least very experienced. So we got to give him that. I mean, we, we've got a lot of options there. Xavier Trust. We've recruited. Here's one of the reasons also why I would buy this. Has anyone in America, Curtis, over the past five years recruited better along the offensive line than Georgia? Not when you take the talent we had when Sam Pittman was here in the last couple right. of years. We did a good job of at least getting one or two good guys like we did with Mims. Exactly. I don't think that anyone can say with a straight face. Other teams have recruited well in the offensive line, but I don't think anyone can say with a straight face. I mean, the only other one would be Bama because they, you know, they're the only one that in the SEC at least. But Curtis, they had so many issues last year when their top guys not. And those well, guys and are going to be the well, guys. This and that's year. the thing they they did great of putting together like cert, like getting multiple guys like Evan Neal and some of those, and then the like the rest kind of may not have, or at least so far haven't. I mean, Bama would be the one. I, I mean, I, I do agree with you. Bama would be the one that would challenge us in the SEC for sure because they just they recruit on that level. But I mean, they're relying on a guy like Emil Ekior, who they're given a lot of publicity to as like a, an all SEC, maybe an all American type guy. And that guy was not great last year, Curtis. Um, JC Latham played a lot last year because of injuries primarily. Not good. He was, and I know he's young, but he was not good. Now, they do get Tyler Steen coming in from Vanderbilt to probably man the left tackle position. But, I mean, Curtis, he played at Vanderbilt. I mean, I know he's a good player. We'll see. I mean, we'll see yeah, we, there. I mean, we've Walker seen it before. Was, we've seen it before when we had transfers from Rhode Island. Just because they're good yeah. at where they come from doesn't mean it's going to be the same. 
Yeah, yeah, Tyler Catalina. Yeah, I it's I don't know, man. Like, like Bama is obviously talented because they recruit at that level, but I don't think anyone's recruited as well as we have on the offensive line. Now, recruiting rankings don't. That's not the end all be all. We know that, but it's certainly a great starting point. And we've seen production from Broderick Jones. We've seen him step in at left tackle and play significant minutes and or significant snaps at at in very critical moments for us. And he's played very well. We've seen Cedric Van Pran play well at times for us at center. I think he needs to improve, but he was a he was a young guy last year. Warren McClendon's been a rock for us out there. I'm excited about Tate Rattler. I haven't really seen much of him, but you hear great things about him. And Marius Nims, we know he's just oozing with talent. So yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's let's buy that. I'm gonna go with it. Um, and I first, when I first saw that, I was like, I don't know, man. But the more I think about it, so yeah, I, I can I can buy that. All right, Curtis, we're gonna stick with the offensive line for one more question here. Uh, you texted me about this a couple of weeks ago. And so I, I've been I saving already know it. what's coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. I heard you giggling earlier. I know. You text me about this. And then we actually got a question about this from one of our listeners. Well, I forget who it was, but you know who you are. I appreciate it. And I've been saving it because I thought it would fit better on this episode. But a couple of weeks ago, Phil Steele, whose magazines I don't even think are out on all newsstands. They're coming out like this coming week or something like that. But he has been like uh, leaking a little bit of information, a little bit of his rankings here and there to kind of build up hype for the magazine release. And one of the things he released was his list of, of all Americans and Warren Erickson, Curtis, Warren Erickson, offensive guard from the university of Georgia last year, found himself on Phil Steele's list as a third team, all American at guard coming into this 2022 football season. Curtis, I really hate to beat up on our guys and I don't want us to do that, but we also got to be objective so, Curtis, buy or sell Warren Erickson as a third-team All-American at guard? Oh, i got to sell it 100%. I mean, the worst thing is, like, we've been talking about it. When we made the uh, realization that he did not graduate or age out or whatever you want to call it, when he was still with the team, we were just like, oh, man. Uh, but the fact yeah. is, like, I could very well see easily see him not be a, him not be starting the whole season. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he started game one potentially because of you know, everything, but I don't see him holding that. I mean, and the thing is like, realistically, I don't even know if he's our third best option at guard. Talent wise. No experience. Yes. He's the most experienced, but from a talent perspective, no, he's not Curtis. He's just not, he's just not. And And, and that's the thing. It's not a knock on him. It's just the realization or the, the fact that that's not his strength. Or, I mean, even a center, he was going to have trouble. um, If we want to be honest, but that's the thing, Curtis, he's a center. He is a center. He's out. He's out of his depth at guard. He he's just doesn't have the beef there, and and it's tough. Like I, I want to give the guy credit for you know he was the center coming into last year, got hurt. Van Pran comes in, takes advantage of the opportunity, and then Erickson you know fill, steps up and fills the shoes of of Tate Radish when he goes down, and he did it all as as far as we know without complaining, without being a locker room cancer, and just did what he was asked to do and played his butt off the University of Georgia. And I have a lot of respect for that, and I appreciate the guy. But again, if we're being objective. Warren Erickson, like you said, Curtis, is a really good chance. In fact, I would say it's a better chance than not that he does not start this year, at least doesn't start the entire year. And I like what you said. Is he even our third best guard on the team? I mean, Tate Ratledge, you got Xavier Truss, Devin Willock, who's made a big move, Amarius Mims could play guard or tackle. Yeah, I think Mims with no experience is still better than what you have with Warren Erickson. I know. I know, man. I mean, just – and I get – I don't take any pleasure in, like, tearing him down like this but guys I mean, i've watched all of our games a million times i mean that's I, the thing, I is, we're not trying to tear him down but i i mean i think anyone with the with the naked eye can sit there and see like all the times he's either stood up at the line or pushed back 
And I well, apparently not, Curtis, because Phil still has him as third-team All-American. Yeah, uh, that's – I don't know. That that one I'm still kind of scratching well, my head Well, I'll, I'll tell the audience what I told you about this. It's like when you when you text me this, it's – my response is, okay, Phil, tell me you don't watch – you don't actually watch games without telling me you don't actually watch games. Well, not only because that, there's no but way I, you can I, watch I, games and say he's a third-team All-American. There's just no I way. Guess, I, I guess we finally turned the tables and got the Georgia bump. And he was a starter last year. 100%, Curtis. That's what's happening. Like, you know, we've complained forever about the Bama bump, but, I mean, are, are we the beneficiary of that now? It certainly seems that's the way. And I, I guess they'll take it. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather them talk – I guess I'd rather them talk good about us, but it doesn't give us as much content. You know, it's again, it's very – it's always fun to be able to play the victim. To like Everyone wants to play the victim, to play the aggrieved party, and I guess now we can't do that. We've always I mean, done hey, that. I mean, hey, we can, we, can, we can be the overhyped party at times, though, and be like, come on, we need to ground our expectations or ground what we – actually have. and i think that's what we have to do in this episode curse so like we're gonna get to some of these yeah. in a minute here and it's like oh I, I don't know maybe maybe we'll see but all right we'll be right back guys and we'll uh continue on with this list mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, Curtis, we're back. Next one up here. Let's spend a minute or two talking about wide receivers, or at least pass catchers. We'll go there. So this one's interesting. So this was, again, this is Athlon. And Athlon has Georgia rated as the number two receiver unit in America. Not the SEC, Curtis, in America. Now, upon initial glance, I was I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, we, I like our guys, but number two in America, I'm like, no. But then I looked a little more closely, and they're counting. It's all pass catchers. It's receivers and tight ends together. Then that makes a little bit more sense. So, Curtis, are you buying or selling Georgia as the number two, let's just say, pass catching unit in America? Pass catching wise, I could potentially buy it because our tight end room is just head and shoulders above almost, I would say, practically anyone in America um, right. right now. So I will give us that. And then, like, our receivers are good. I mean, they're not the, the great or the best, but I think – coupled together would probably in the totality of all of it i would say maybe like i would always say ohio states could have one of if not the best just because that's Hands as down. long as brian hartline yeah as long as brian hartline's there i'm gonna believe that and some of these other schools but I, I i don't know if they have the the whole package with what we can throw together with our tight ends and even our running backs so i think we have some great or at yeah. least um kenny mcintosh out of the backfield could be a great pass catcher 
Yeah, you know, so Curtis, I, I'll be honest again. When I first saw this this ranking, I thought instantly I was gonna, I'm going to sell this instantly, like no questions asked. And then I thought more about it, and I figured out they you know, were including all the pass catchers. And I was like, actually, you know what? Uh, maybe I sound like a homer, but I think I'm going to buy this for all the reasons you just said. And Curtis, I'm going to give our receivers a little bit more respect. I think our receivers are very good themselves. Now, are, are our receivers alone the second best unit in America? Probably not. I mean, you get yeah. Ohio State for sure. USC with Addison now and Mario Williams. Texas with Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nayer coming over from, from Wyoming. We're not the number two wide receiver unit in America. I think we're in the top 10. But number two, no. But if you include the tight ends, absolutely. Especially if you throw in the running backs as well. But I think our receivers are really good in their own records. I think A.D. Mitchell, now the production, under 500 yards last year, was a true freshman. I think he might be ready to explore on the scene this year. I love Lad McConkey. I think Lad McConkey is awesome. I think he's an incredibly good wide receiver. Then you get Karis Jackson back fully healthy. Let's not forget, Curtis, two years ago, Karis Jackson led us in receiving over George Pickens. Now, by one yard, but he was our leading receiver. He was not healthy last year. He should be back healthy, full go. Dominic Blaylock, back healthy, full go. Arian Smith did not do track this season, Curtis. So hopefully Ooh, that not has him that. more ready to actually contribute and stay healthy on the football side of things. So the potential is there is what I'm saying. I think the potential is there for us to be a top five unit, just receivers. But we got to see that on the field first as our offense at allow them to showcase their talents. That certainly remains to be seen. But you throw in, of course, Brock Bowers. We know we'll talk about him a little bit more in, in actually just a second here. We know we got Brock Bowers. You know what? I, we At least we think we know what you can expect from Eric Gilbert. We saw what he did as a true freshman at LSU. Darnell Washington, we haven't really seen him activated as a pass catcher, but that potential is there. The running backs, Oscar Delp at tight end, potentially. Curtis talked about him a little bit uh, recently. I, yeah, I mean, I, with all those guys thrown in, I'm going to buy this. And I know that sounds crazy. People outside of our fan base are like, what are you talking about, Georgia? I'm like, but like, look at it, guys. I, I think the potential is there at receiver. We have proven production at tight end. We have production with Kenny McIntosh as receiver out of the backfield. So, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Let's buy that. Georgia has the number two wide receiver in America, which I did not think I would be doing when I first saw that. All right, next one up here, Curtis. I'm interested to get your thoughts here. We're going to stay with the pass catchers. Specifically, though, we're going to talk about tight ends. So Lindy's, I think this is the first appearance Lindy's has made on the episode today. Lindy's had Michael Mayer from Notre Dame as their first team All-American at tight end over Brock Bowers. So Curtis, buy or sell Mayer over Bowers as first team All-American tight end. I'm going to sell that. And you know what? One of the biggest things about Mayer is like coming into the year, he had all this hype. But I don't know how many people actually watch. He had some big time drops in games. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just always seemed like in the FSU game when they barely won, you go back to that. I think he had like two big drops. He had big drops throughout the year, and, and I just don't see that, especially as a, someone that's a sophomore coming in that. And you never really saw that out of Brock. Um, so I don't. It's really hard to. I just, especially when you don't know what they have coming back quarterback wise, and we know what we have Stetson. We have. Um, I know they're returning Tommy Reese, I believe, as OC, but yeah, Munkin has shown yeah. that he can. Munkin has shown he can do it. So I, I I have to sell that. And I think it really comes down to Reese is like a, he's a Rob Gronkowski-esque, but he still doesn't have that separation, which Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers can get separation from safety. I totally agree. Look, let me just say this about Mayer. Mayer's fantastic. He is freaking awesome. He is a really, really good tight end. He's a first round tight end. That dude's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. I'm not trying to tear him down. I just happen to think, call me a homer if you want. That's fine. I know I watched more Brock Bowers. I watched a lot of Notre Dame. I watched a lot of football guys. 
Brock Bowers was better than Michael Mayer last year. He was more explosive. Okay, now Mayer had, I mean, Kurt, you might not realize this, he had 71 catches last year. That That's a huge number. But he only had, I don't say only, still really good. He had 840 yards last year, which was actually less than Brock Bowers. Brock only had 56 catches. Obviously, we don't throw the ball as much. But he had 882 yards, averaged almost 16 yards per catch to Mayer's 11.5 yards per catch. Brock had 13 touchdowns, Mayer 7, almost doubled him up there. By any measure, Brock was the more productive tight end last year. And our offense was flat out built around Brock Bowers. I, their offense was not built around Michael, Michael Mayer. He was a big part of their offense, but it wasn't built around him. And he, again, he's really, really, really good. He's just not as explosive. He's not as versatile. Chris, let me ask you this. Does Notre Dame hand the ball off to Michael Mayer and have him run the football like a running back? No, not at all. And, you know, we're talking about Tommy Reese. I honestly don't even know how much of the offense is his because Brian Kelly has always been an offensive guy. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting in its own right. But statistically, you pointed out there's no question that Brock statistically as a freshman was better. The only area that Mayer had him was receptions and Notre Dame just throws the ball more. It's that simple. I mean, that's, that's what it was. He had more opportunities. And Bowers, when we saw multiple times, Bowers just pull away from, we're not talking about linebackers. We're talking about DB, secondary guys, pull away from those guys. So, no, I mean, Mayer's fantastic. He's awesome. But Bowers is better. Brock Bowers is better. And Bowers to that is the true freshman last year. I mean, Mayer was good as a true freshman. He wasn't Brock Bowers level. He only had 450 yards as a true freshman. So, both guys, I mean, I think that's the number one, number two tight end in the country. But maybe it's a homer alert. I don't know. But I'm going to take Bowers. For sure, taking Bowers there. All right, let's keep this train rolling, Curtis. Got a couple more here. Um, right, this is another interesting one. This is also from Lindy's. Buy or sell that Georgia does not have a top 25 running back in the country on its roster. According to Lindy's, Curtis, they had their top 25 running backs. George, Not oh. one running back from Georgia was on that list entering the 2022 season. So are you going to buy or sell that? I'm going to sell that. Um, I, I you know, I don't think Kenny McIntosh is the top five running back, but I don't think that – I don't see in any world where he's not in the top 25. Simple as that. Um, I mean, there's some great running backs like Henderson up in Ohio State. I think Gibbs is going to be really good in the system at Bama. But realistically, it's hard. And B. John Robinson is, you yeah. know, obviously number one. Deuce Vaughn, fantastic Kansas State. Yeah, you know but that, I, just, I just don't – there's still – I don't think I could find, you know – 15 other guys that are better than what Kenny McIntosh can do. I mean, the guy was successful in limited reps. He was highly productive in limited reps. And look, there are a lot of really good running backs in the country. I'm going to run down this list really fast here. B. John Robinson, you mentioned. Right now, based on production, you got to take B. John over Kenny, right? I mean, yeah. That's oh, fair. yeah, no question. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn, yeah, I mean, production-wise, I, I think you, at least coming into this year, you take Deuce Vaughn. Travion Henderson, very fair. I think that's that's right. Chris Rodriguez, I mean, production-wise, he's had more opportunities. I think Kenny McIntosh is a better running back, to be honest. I know it's hard to say because we haven't seen as much of him. I like his skill set better. I think he's better out of the backfield as a pass catcher. I, I, I would take – honestly, I would take Kenny. Uh, I might even – I don't know. We'll, see. we'll talk about Kendall Milton here in a second. I might take Kendall Milton over him. Braylon Allen of Wisconsin, very different kind of running back, but highly productive. Um, Blake Corm at Michigan, similar to Kenny. Uh, would you take Corm or Kenny? i take Kenny. I think he is a tougher runner. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think Corm is really good at the backfield as a, as a receiver, but so is Kenny McIntosh. I think Kenny, Kenny's so good, man. Like in like his short area quickness, that lateral ability, he's elite there, man. He really is. Um, Devon A. Chain from AM, explosive, 
But I didn't see enough out of him to even think that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, A-Chain's really good. I mean, Tank Bigsby, I, I mean, I'd probably tank Tank right now, right? Yeah, as long as he knows not to go to stay in bounds. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, Jameer, like, Gibbs is really good. I, I guess I would probably take Gibbs there, yeah. Um, Zach Charbonnet at UCLA, give me Kenny McIntosh all day. Different kind of backs, but give me Kenny McIntosh. Zach Evans, super talented, but you have, don't you have to factor in the, the, the locker room cancer aspect of that, Curtis? I would, and I mean, I still don't know how great running backs are in that system. True. Travis Dye at USC. I mean, give me Kenny McIntosh. He was at Oregon. Eric Gray at Oklahoma, Curtis. Give me Kenny McIntosh all day, right? Yeah, that's a, that's hilarious. I mean, that's ridiculous. Will Shipley at Clemson, really good running back, and he got more opportunities last year. I think Kenny is every bit the running back he is. Are you with me there? I am, too. I am. Yeah, I mean – yeah, Patrick Garwo the third at Boston College, who's a good running back, who's a thousand yard rusher last year. Good player. I like Kenny McIntosh. So look, I'm with you. I'm not saying Kenny McIntosh is a top five, top ten, even top fifteen running back right now, but top twenty five in the country. I think if you re-rank this list at the end of the year, Kenny McIntosh is in that list, right? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right, guys, we got one more break here, one more quick break, and we'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, Curtis, we're going to stick with the running back theme for one more question. This is from Athlon. Athlon had Kenny Mackinac. They, they actually gave Kenny a little bit more respect than Lenny's did. They had him ranked as the second team all-SEC running back in conference. But they had Kenny McIntosh over Kendall Milton in that role. So, Curtis, buy or sell that Kenny McIntosh will be their better running back for Georgia this season? I'm going to buy that. And the only reason I'm buying that, well, first off, I mean, it's hard not to talk about Kendall Milton's health history. Um, That's going to be a big thing till he puts it to rest and stays healthy. Um, But I think the other, the biggest thing is that Kenny McIntosh is his versatility. Like, Zeus was good last year, and he had some really good runs, some really good plays. But I feel like every big play and all these big game-changing things that were happening were coming from James Cook um, because he could run and get the big yards, but he could also get them in the passing game. And that's what I see from Kenny McIntosh. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. This is a really tough question for me because I think both guys are really good, and I think we're in really good shape with these two as our top two running backs coming this season. At least right now, we'll see what Branson Robinson does once he gets here. but. Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton. I know we just lost James Cook and Zamir White, two really good running backs, national championship caliber running backs, obviously for us. Fantastic players and playing the NFL. But do you feel like we lost all that much, Curtis, when you can replace them with Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton? I don't personally. Yeah, um, I really I, don't, I don't. I don't know how much of a difference there is between do I think James Cook is better than Kenny? Yes. I actually think Kenny may be a stronger runner, actually. Um, and then between Zeus and Kendall Milton, I don't know if there's that big of a difference. 
Chris, I'm going to be dead honest with you, man. I don't think there's much of a gap between Kenny McIntosh and James Cook. I really don't. I think they have very there's similar There's not a huge there. gap. There's not a huge gap. It, it, there may be a little bit, but either way, I think it's a push. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a world where Kenny McIntosh is better. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I, we need to see, I need to see more of him, but I think there's a world where he's potentially better. Nothing that's Just very to, fair. Yeah, because as you said, I mean, as a pure running back, running the football, forward lean, falling forward, making people miss in the hole contact balance, all of those things. I've seen more of that from Kenny McIntosh than I saw from James Cook. Granted, much smaller sample size. And again, this, I'm not ripping James Cook. I love James Cook. Fantastic player for us. Was an awesome dude. Stuck around. Great teammate. Love him. Very talented player. Made huge plays for us last year. But I'm very high on Kenny McIntosh, man. I'm going to buy this. I think Kenny McIntosh will be the best running back on the team. I think it's more versatility. I think it's a versatility thing. I think Kendall's really, really good. I do think he fits more of the Zeus role, more of the pounder between the tackles. He also has the ability to catch balls out of the backfield. He's shown some of that too, but not as much as Kenny. I mean, I don't think Kendall's a guy that you're going to spread out and potentially have him act as a wide receiver out there, which Kenny, we've seen him do that. But Kendall can, you know, he can catch screens and, and check downs, things like that. And he's going to be a really good back for us. I'm very excited to see what he can do. If he can stay healthy, as you mentioned. But right now, based off what I've seen from those two through the past couple of years, I'm going to take Kenny right now. And there's, a, and there's a world where Kendall's better than Kenny. There's a world that happens if Kendall takes the next step. But right now, based off what I've seen, I got to go with Kenny McIntosh. I'm very excited about this running back duo. And I'm really excited to see what Kenny McIntosh can do. I think people are going to figure out who he is around the country real quick in 2022. All right, Curtis, got a couple more here, and we'll check out of this thing. This next one, this is one where, I'm going to be honest, man, I think I, gotta, I, I might have to sell this. I'm going to hear your thoughts. I'm going to see if you can convince me. So let's go back to Lindy's here. Lindy's has Keely Ringo ranked as their top cornerback in all of America. Ooh, Kurt, buy or sell Keely Ringo as the number one cornerback in the country entering 2022? I'm going to have to sell that. Um, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't name someone that I think is better. Um, I'm going to be honest, but I just don't believe that that's him right now. I mean, if you think, let's think, um, Eli Ricks, former LSU, now Alabama, he gets a lot of love. Riley Moss is really good at Iowa. He's a turnover machine. Joey Porter Jr. at Penn State's really good. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, Cam Hardener, Dame's a pretty good player. So th- there's some players out there. Here's what I will say about Keeley. I, I don't want to like full-on sell this. I think Keeley has the potential to be the best cornerback in America. I think Keeley has the potential to be a first-round draft pick. I told you guys when he came out of high school that I thought he had the potential to be the best player in that entire class, that re- entire recruiting class. Not just our recruiting class, the entire cycle. I thought he had the, and he was a top-10 guy. I felt he had that kind of potential. And Keeley really started to turn it on towards the end of last year. But to remember that he missed his entire freshman year. So he was basically a, a freshman out there last year. I mean, he was a redshirt freshman. That's what he was. But like, he was a new dude out there. He missed all. But it wasn't just that he didn't play as a true freshman. He didn't even get reps, Curtis, like in practice. Like there was no development there. So that's why I think you're going to see a huge jump from Keeley from 2021 to 2022 because – he had a full year development, a full offseason now to, to continue to develop. And I think what you normally see that sophomore jump, I think you'll see that junior jump from Keeley because it's basically his sophomore year. He got no reps, no development as a true fresh, freshman other than just sitting there watching. I'm extraordinarily high on his long-term potential. My only concern about, about Keeley is can he maintain an appropriate weight? He's a big cornerback, Curtis, right, which I love. 
but he got a little too big at times last year. And Kirby was open about that. I mean, Keeley was playing around like 225 at times, guys, like pushing 230 at times. And he, he's gotten his weight back down. That's one of the goals of the spring. And if he can play at, you know, 210, 215, I think that's ideal for him. If he can stay in that range, I think Keeley could be the number one cornerback in America. But I will say, based off what we saw as, you know, as an entire season in totality last year, I don't think he was. I don't think he did a ton enough to say, oh yeah, hands down, he's the, the number one cornerback coming into 2022. I think he can prove to be that guy. I need to see him take that next step, though. I think obviously, Curtis, what happened here is the pick six, right? Yeah, the pick six left a lot in everyone's mind. And I mean, he he was really strong at the end of the season, he realistically. Was. He was. Um, he I was. mean, him and him and Darion Kendrick both had great years. Um, I just still think that he's got a ways to go and I think he will go there, but I'm not ready to say right now until I see him on the field and see that, that jump that we're thinking he should do. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ever so slightly sell this one right now, but I'm going to have an open mind with the idea that he could grow into that this season. I'm very open to that. I just need to, like you said, I just need to see it right now. All right. Last one here, Curtis, let's get out of here on this one. Um, we're going to, we're going to hate here, Curtis. We're going to hate for a few minutes. That's just what we're going to do here. That's Okay. Every now and then, got to hate a little bit. So, number nine here, last question. Jermaine Burton, Curtis. Jermaine Burton, former Georgia Bulldog, now Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, I guess you got to do what you got to do. But Athlon had him as all-SEC second team at the wide receiver position. I found that to be very interesting. So, Curtis, buy or sell Jermaine Burton at the end of the season – as an all-SEC first or second team player? I might buy it for second. And the only reason I say that is just because their their system, he's going to get the targets. Um, and I still, at this point, I'm not sure, based on their transfers and people who have left, of who else will get as much targets as what he will, because he'll have the opportunities to get them. So, And I think it comes, if he's healthy, I think he'll get the targets and be, I wouldn't be shocked because he'll just have so many targets. It'll be obvious that I kind of like what we saw in Michael Mayer, um, right. that when you see the catches and, and their system is built on the big plays. So you're not going to hate, but I am going to hate and you can call it sour grapes. If you want, that's fine. It's really not that I, I don't wish the guy ill. I, I don't, I'm not sitting here like praying every night, please God, let Jermaine Burton be awful next year. I'm not doing that. Whatever, man, you do what you got to do. It's just the way of college football these days. But I'm just trying to be objective here. I if you're gonna say, if we're saying that he's gonna be second team all SEC, that means he's the fourth, he's gonna be at least the fourth best receiver in the SEC. He's gonna be a top four receiver in the SEC. And I don't know about that, man. You're right. He will that offense just churns out receivers that put up numbers, but he is not Jamison Williams. He is not Devontae Smith. He is not Jerry Judy. He is not Henry Ruggs. He is not Jalen Waddle. He is not that kind of guy. He's a talented player. I'm not sitting here just saying he's no good. He is a talented player. He did some good things for us. I've never viewed him, even when he played for us, I've never viewed him as one of those guys. Do you really view him as one of those guys that Alabama's had over the past couple of years, Kurt? I don't. I don't think he's on the same level as some of the explosive, especially explosiveness and things, but I think that I think he, he could fit the John Mechie role, I believe. That's fair. I, and look, he'll probably put up a thousand yards. I mean, that's just what they do at Alabama. They're going to throw the ball a ton. They have an RPO system where guys get open looks, and and they're he's going to put up yards. He's and they just don't have a ton around them. I mean, they don't have a ton of like returning guys that are big time players. But so he's going to play a lot. But you know, I'm looking at the rest of the SEC cards. I mean, Jermaine Burton. I know Georgia. We run a different kind of offense. There's not many opportunities for receivers. But in two years at Georgia, he never surpassed 500 yards. 
Never had more than 27 catches. He was never really the number one option here at Georgia. Never. Not, not last year, not 2020. Did some good things for us, and I appreciate all those good things he did for us. But, Curtis, I'm dead serious, man. And, again, maybe a homer alert here. Is, is Jermaine Burton really better than A.D. Mitchell? Honestly, I don't think I could say that. I don't think he is. I, I really do not. I mean, Curtis, why did Jermaine Burton leave? Okay, yes, our offense, you know, we don't throw the ball as much. But he knew that when he came to Georgia. Well, he looked and he saw, okay, we're throwing the ball a ton to Brock Bowers. The offense is built around him. And, oh, also, A.D. Mitchell's emerges our number one receiver. I'm not going to be the number one receiver. So I, I think that had to factor in, too. I think AD, I would take A.D. If, I did, if we were drafting players right now, I would draft A.D. Mitchell ahead of Jermaine Burton. What about Lad McConkey, Curtis? Honestly, Lad McConkey versus Jermaine Burton. I mean, Lad has Lad's actually put the results out there other than like one or two good games by Burton. Lad was just as productive as Jermaine Burton was last year, Curtis. I mean, just from a produ- from a productivity standpoint, uh, see, Lad had 31 catches for 447 yards. Burton had 26 catches for 497. So Burton had was a little bit more explosive, but I think Lad McConkey, another year. I think Lad. I mean, I think it's. A kind of a push to be quite honest with you. I really do. And then you look outside of Georgia, Cedric Tillman at Tennessee. I would take Cedric Tillman over Jermaine Burton. I think Cedric Tillman will put up better numbers or very similar numbers in that Tennessee offense. Jaden Hazelwood at Arkansas, they don't throw the ball as much either. But I think Hazelwood's probably a better receiver than Jermaine Burton. Kayshawn Boutte at LSU, come on. Kayshawn yeah, Boutte is better than Jermaine one. Burton. Yeah. I agree. I mean, Jonathan Mingo at Ole Miss, potentially, especially in that offense, might put up better numbers. He'll probably be the number one guy this year. I mean, Josh Van at South Carolina, I think I might draw the line there. I mean, Van is the number one guy at South Carolina. He's a good, solid guy, but I, th- I would take Burton over Josh Van. But, I mean, Burton, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up on the All-SEC second team list, or first or, se- uh, first or second team. But I just listed a couple guys at the top of my head here, Curtis, that I think are better than him. Now, there's the Bama factor, of course, and he's going to put up yards because they're going to throw the ball throw him the ball a lot. But I don't know. I don't think it's a – a, a foregone conclusion that Jermaine Burton's going to be on one of these all SEC teams at the end of the year. I just don't think it's an absolute foregone conclusion. But all right, guys, that does it for us today here on the Glory UGA podcast. As always, thank you guys for checking in with us and supporting our podcast. We always appreciate that. Before we get out of here, I will throw one more quick reminder your way about our new national college sports podcast called Never Graduate. It's up now. You can find it wherever you get your podcast whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, it's up there ready for your listening pleasure. We've already got the first two episodes up and running for you guys. I know you love Georgia sports. That's why you are here listening to this podcast. But I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're also a diehard college sports fan. So I think you're going to enjoy this podcast as well. In fact, I know that you will enjoy Never Graduate just as much as you enjoy this podcast. So give it a listen, subscribe wherever you get those podcasts, add it to your podcast rotation, follow us on Twitter. It's at NoGradPod and Never Graduate Podcast on Instagram. If you check it out and you like the podcast, please, please consider giving us a five-star rating review. All those things are massive helps in getting this thing off the ground. So thank you guys. Always appreciate that. And for those of you who have already checked it out, thank you for that. We really appreciate that. But thank you guys. Have a great weekend. With every passing weekend, the 2022 season gets closer and closer. So enjoy it, guys. Have a good one. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.